Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. Okay, so I did an episode on mourning the loss of someone who's still alive, and I hope that you got a lot out of it. I just felt like I was missing, it was just missing something, and I felt like, oh my gosh, I need to do another episode on this idea of navigating grief because let's face it, when we do love someone with an addiction and we're mourning the loss of someone who is still alive, even if they're present with us still, but they're no longer in there because addiction has taken them or that we, they have moved out or moved on, or they're just not engaged in your life, or they're just not present in the relationship as a result of addiction. It's like mourning the loss of someone who's still alive. It's like actually having a death of this loved one. And so a big portion of that is this grief, this sadness that comes with that. And I was sort of reflecting on listening to that last episode. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, like 
I need some tangible things here. I needed to go back and remember what I did in that moment to help me navigate this grief and how I did it with so much compassion for myself. And so I just thought I would open it up to some of the things. There are so many things to do to navigate grief and to support your well-being through it. Now, we don't want to just sweep grief under the carpet and I just want to validate that feeling of grief. That's the first step is recognizing it's like we've, we have lost someone we love. When someone is in active addiction, they are no longer themselves. They are empty vessels of humans that they used to be. And so it's really important to recognize that it makes complete sense that we are mourning their loss, that we are sad, that we are grief stricken. I know I was. I literally had a lump in my stomach, the same lump that when I lost my super sweet dog one year and I was just so devastated because they hold such a huge place in our heart. And and whenever I've lost a friend or I've lost someone, that that grief, it just is so gut-wrenching and so, so hard. And now I find that it's so similar when we are loving someone with an addiction that is no longer present, no longer the version of a human that we fell in love with. It is so sad. And I dare I say equally as sad. And it is so hard. So I wanted to jump in a little deeper into navigating grief and how to do it with compassion and taking this time to embrace healing and finding your strength. So let's jump into this episode. So grief is such a profound and complex experience that we experience when we have lost someone or something that is dear to us. We experience the emotion of grief. So that's the psychology behind it. It encompasses a wide range of emotions. So not just grief. There's so many other emotions that kind of come along with it. And so there's a whole list. So if we look at the definition of grief, it's basically looking at the things in our life that we have lost that mean a lot to us. And in, and we really recognize that these are emotions that are just so devastating. I'm going back to my notes here because I made a whole list and I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm picking them up. Hmm. Isn't it funny when you want something and it's like, okay, here it is. So grief is so deep. It's, it's so personal. Everyone's going to experience it very individually. And you might have certain version of grief associated with what you're dealing with. And it manifests so differently from person to person. So it's a common emotion and sensation that is associated with grief. There are so many common association. So here are some of the ways that grief can feel. It can feel like sadness, right? Sadness is one of the most prevalent emotions. And when we experience grief, we coincide and we will have that emotion of sadness. That's what grief feels like. 
it, you know, it can feel like a deep ache or heaviness in your chest, or for me, it's in my stomach. And you may feel that sense of loss for longing and that sense of emptiness that I just felt so much emptiness in my stomach. And that's why for me, it was really, really hard to eat um, when I experienced the loss of my addicted loved one. Another emotion that comes up and that is how grief can feel is anguish. Grief can bring intense feelings of anguish or distress. And it may feel like, you know, a knot in your stomach. It may feel like a tightness in your throat or a sense of just overwhelming pain or just a general sorrow. That anguish comes with grief. Another thing that you might feel is numbness. I know a lot of people, they feel that the grief leads to that sensation of just detachment, of just feeling numb, of just feeling like, I don't know, like, and just feeling like, you know, as if you're just going through the motions of life and without truly experiencing the present moment or even connecting with your emotions at all. So grief can really also come in the form of numbness. Grief can also feel like guilt. And I had a lot of this. So feelings of guilt can arise in grief, right? Particularly if you've unresolved issues or if you have regret uh, with the person that you've lost, or if you have, I remember thinking, was I too hard on him? Did I push him too hard to be sober? Could I have, you know, done something differently? Was I, you know, and, and I went through these motions, but heck now I look back, I'm like, thank goodness the universe plucked him out of my life because that's what I needed 100%. But in the, the grief, I felt so much guilt and I felt like I had unresolved issues. He text broke up with me, like, you know, and there was so much regret around that whole thing and questioning and, you know, and you may question past actions. You may question decisions. Like, did I, should I not have locked him out? Should I, you know, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on, etc. Right. And so guilt is so common around grief. And, you know, we might be questioning those past actions or decisions or feel like a sense of responsibility that we, f- we feel responsible for the loss. And that's very common associated with grief. And this is all my psychological training coming out, like that we always learn all about emotions and all the different emotions. And it's interesting that with grief, there's so many side emotions that could be going on along. And this is what grief can feel like. It can feel like all these things. Now, another thing that grief can feel like is anger right? Grief can also trigger feelings of anger, feelings of frustration. Like, how dare you? Like, oh my gosh, after all this, you left me, you text broke up with me. I put up with so much and I like, you know, all the times you begged me to stay with you. And then suddenly you're breaking up with me. Uh, So you can see like, you might be playing a role for you as well. You might be feeling this sense of anger. So grief can also trigger feelings of anger or frustration, or you may feel angry at that person who has disappeared or who no longer is present, who is the addicted loved one that's an empty vessel of a human. You might be frustrated and feel anger towards that person, right? You might feel anger, frustration towards others in general um, because of the all the circumstances surrounding that loss. This anger can be directed in so many different ways. And it's common. It's common to be 
feeling those feelings when it comes to grief. Another sensation of grief could be confusion. Grief can create a sense of confusion or disorientation or like, I don't even know. Like I remember feeling so confused and uh, so unsettled and I found it really challenging to go about my day for concentrating on my task at hand, for making decisions, for going to work, for having conversations with friends. And so this confusion is very, very common and and, and it can feel as if your thoughts are just scattered and foggy. Grief can manifest in that. Now, the other thing that grief can feel like is we can feel physical sensations. Grief can manifest in physical sensations. I remember I was so tired. I Again, I told you, I mentioned in the last episode too, I lost my appetite, literally could not eat. I'd have to force myself to eat because I just felt that pit in my stomach. Uh, grief can fe- can manifest in so many physical ways and physical sensations. So we could get tired, have fatigue, loss of appetite, changes in our sleep pattern, our headaches even, and digestive upset. I know my stomach is completely di- upset. My digestion shuts down. And so all these symptoms can go alongside the emotional aspects of grief. And I'm going through this list because I really want you to get this idea that grief can show up in many, many ways. And I don't want you to think that, oh my gosh, and get confused around grief. I just want you to have this awareness. So the grief can also show up in waves of emotion and that it can really, the uh, grief can often be described as coming in waves, right? Sometimes we can think that we're okay, but then sometimes it's a wave of emotion an intense emotion followed by periods of relative calm, but then the wave comes and maybe we're triggered by something or maybe there's a reminder. So grief might come in waves of emotion as well. So it's important to remember that grief is a unique and individual experience for everyone, and it may experience and express itself in many different ways, but there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And it's really important to recognize that the duration of grief might also be widely changeable and vary. And so you might be feeling grief for longer periods of time, or it might just be in waves, in flashes. So let's talk about this idea of this distress, and it can cause significant distress in your life. And it's really important to recognize that there's ways to take back your power. There's ways to take back your power around grief. So taking your power back from grief is the first step is to recognize that grief might manifest in all those ways and that it's natural and it's human. And you might be experiencing some of those ways that we just talked about, such as confusion, physical sensation, anger, guilt, numbness, anguish, sadness, all those things. But what we want to do in order to really reclaim our power and find strength amidst this grief, so we're not saying grief, go away, let's not have it. It's finding and reclaiming your power amidst grief. And I always talk about cultivating self-compassion, being super gentle and kind to yourself as you navigate grief. Practice self-compassion by treating yourself with so much kindness and understanding and really extend just like how you would extend kindness and love to a friend, 
you know, that's in a similar situation, offer that same beautiful patience, acceptance and forgiveness and kind regard to yourself, especially going when you're going through this grief. And then another thing we can do is reclaim our power by setting those boundaries, by involving and putting up and knowing what you need. So identifying what you need emotionally, what you need physically, what you need mentally, and what you need in general, just by identifying that, you can set some limits for yourself. You can be proactive for yourself and you can prioritize your well-being and your self-care and your ability to engage in those self caring activities. So what you want to do is prioritize self-care practice, caring for yourself and think about those things that nourish and nurture your well-being, especially when you're going through grief alongside grief. And they can be activities, you know, like exercise, meditation, journaling, spending time in nature. I love engaging in hobbies, talking to a therapist, a coach, listening to podcasts, and surrounding yourself with really positive and supportive relationships. So, so key, right? Taking care of yourself allows you to rebuild your strength and resilience. And another really good practice is practicing mindfulness and acceptance. So we want to embrace the present moment right now and practice mindfulness so that we can cultivate acceptance of this grief and this grief experience and just recognize that grief is a natural response to the loss, to any loss, and that it's okay to feel all these ranges of emotion. It's okay to feel these. So instead of resisting or suppressing these emotions, Try to allow yourself to just observe them and accept those emotions without any judgment, right? This acceptance can help you regain your sense of control and it really can help you actually feel empowered when it comes to your emotional state. And so I just, I just want to remind you that reclaiming your power from grief is a gradual process and that it takes some time to integrate these strategies into your life, but be really, really patient with yourself. Celebrate all these small steps, you know, forward, moving forward, right? It can be really challenging to navigate grief on your own. So obviously reach out to friends, to coaches, to support groups when you can and if you can, because that can help you navigate grief. It is so hard. So it's so funny because some of the funny things that actually helped me take back my power from grief and kind of helped me um, cope and, and heal and, and manage grief. I created a memory box and I created almost like any time a piece of mail would come in from him, or I'd find, you know, a Christmas card with his writing in it. I created a box that I just kept putting all those things in there. And I, I would write things. I have a journal that was in there and all the journaling of even the frustration and anger helped me so much. And you could do that. You could even create an art piece. You could do whatever it is to help put something into a box to help reclaim your 
sense of power and really create almost either a lasting tribute towards that person or in my case, I burned it all. (laughs) And that felt so therapeutic and amazing for me. And so that was almost like a, a, a really fun way, a ritual for me that honored what he brought to my life. And then the burning was me letting it go. And so there's some kind of rituals and releases or like, you know, things that we can do and make a, make it personal. Like do what, do you like, do what feels right for you. And you could even write a letter expressing your emotions to this person and burn it. You don't have to send it to them. That worked for me really well. Um, I mean, you could plant a tree or a garden to symbolize growth and renewal. Um, you can. There's so many things you can do to help release this pain, release even an object that represents your pain. So I find that that helped me a lot. So these rituals of release can offer a sense of closure, of empowerment. I have this little bucket that I still, I have it in my garage and it's tin so I can burn things safely. And whenever I just, whenever I, anything I find or anything that reminds me, I just rip it into a hundred pieces. And for me, burning it and letting it go just feels really magical on so many levels. So, but that works for me. It may not work for you. You know, there's many surprising ways that can really help with navigating grief. Um, that's not just sweeping it under the carpet and numbing it, right? We want to process it. We want to honor the emotion. Um, so another thing is, engaging in some adventure or engaging in activities that make you feel alive, right? Pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone and help you regaining a sense of personal power and confidence and just challenging yourself. I know for me, going to really challenging yoga class feels so good. And just, you know, it's wonderful. The other thing is, and we talk, and I have an episode all on forgive for good. And it's all about how forgiveness is not condoning or not letting someone, you know, off the hook. But practicing forgiveness and exploring forgiveness as a means of reclaiming your power is so powerful. This may include forgiving yourself for any, you know, perceived shortcomings. This may be, you know, any regrets that you have related to the loss, uh, or any, you know, as well as just forgiving the person who's caused you pain for you, not them. And just recognizing that, okay, like, you know, my side of the street's clean. So, you know, forgiveness does not mean forgetting or condoning, but it's about freeing yourself from that burden, from the narrative, from your grievance story. And it's really powerful because it allows for space for healing and growth. So that's another surprising way to um, help navigate grief. And you know what? So, I mean, for me, I love traveling. I love getting away. I love self-discovery, introspection, personal growth, learning new things. Immersing yourself in some unfamiliar environments or new learning is so insightful and it really does boost resilience and it gives you a renewed sense of purpose and just feels so good. So these are some ideas and suggestions. I mean, there's so many more things that you can do, but it's important to explore and adapt strategies that feel authentic to you and meaningful to you and help you kind of regain your power. And of course, navigating grief, not pretending it's not there, but really regaining your strength in, in amidst grief. And that is really the message here. So trust yourself, be open to new experiences and allow your healing process to unfold 
in your own unique way. And that is about it. I hope that I dived in a little bit deeper because I kind of felt like last episode I left you hanging and um, I just wanted to kind of get into a little bit more about this idea of navigating grief with compassion, what exactly is grief, what it might look like, and so that we can embrace healing and we can find our strength, right? So I hope that's helpful. Grief is a profound and complex experience. And we definitely experience it when we are feeling the loss of someone or something dear to us, right? And it encompasses a wide range of emotions, all those ones that we just talked about. And it really does challenge our very core. It helps to reshape our understanding of life. And it's really incredible that when we have lost a loved one or a relationship or, um, you know, or just the person that we thought that they were, grief can be overwhelming. And it is up to us to really dive into this journey, this personal journey of compassion, understanding, and also a perspective of navigating grief in a way that feels really good, that helps us process it, that helps us amidst grief. So we can really try all these examples and things and just test them out, try them on, see how they feel for you. I know that grief is a part of loving someone with an addiction. It is definitely a part of it. So I just wanted to delve into some ideas. Of course, there's expressive writing, embracing the power of your words, that memory box that I talked about, mindfulness meditation practices, being in the present moment, obviously reaching out for support, creating a safe haven for yourself, whatever Whatever that looks like. And physical activity, always so powerful. And just self-care, 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 right? Nurturing your mind, your body, your spirit. And that's about it. I hope that this was helpful and I hope that it kind of delved in a little bit deeper into the subject. And I just want to again, send hugs and love through the line and wrap you in compassion. If you haven't listened to the last episode, these two kind of go hand in hand together. And I really do invite you to go have a listen. And uh, yeah, so have a wonderful week. I'm off to BC. I'm going to visit my son. He lives in beautiful British Columbia in Vancouver. And I'm just so excited to see him. And I, that's it for me. I will see you when we're back. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.